If you have your Bibles open to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 uh, this evening, then you'll be able to follow the lesson rather uh, closely. Luke uh, chapter 17, 11 through uh, 19. I invite you to open your Bibles and to follow not only here in Luke um, 17, but the other supporting passages as we uh, make our way through uh, the lesson. Here in Luke 17 is the familiar time when Jesus heals uh, ten lepers. And you'll remember this. Now a good synopsis, a good summary of uh, this account is to see ten lepers begging and then to see one leper praising, praising God. And then to see nine lepers forgetting God. So ten begging, one remembering and praising God, and then nine forgetting God. But I want our approach to be simply this. Why did Jesus come to this earth? This particular account here in Luke 17 helps us to answer that question. Why did Jesus come to this earth? And so let's get started and we'll just answer this uh, together. Look here in Luke 17, verse 11. It says, as Jesus was making his way, he was on his way to Jerusalem. And he comes upon this village, and this is where the lepers meet him. But he's on his way to Jerusalem. This is very important, the, the idea of going to Jerusalem. Okay. Jesus is headed there because that's his destiny. That's where he will die for our sins. So number one is this. Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. Luke 17 verse 11. He is headed to Jerusalem for the final time. And he's headed of course there to to die for our uh, sins. One of our members was texting me uh, this week. And it's just so good and appreciative of of those who are studying their Bibles uh, every day. And so uh, this particular member is asking me about the baptism of Jesus. You read about it there in, in Matthew 3. Why was Jesus baptized? The question was, uh, he certainly had no sin. And when we repent of our sins and are baptized into Christ, we're doing that for forgiveness of our sins. Well, why was Jesus baptized? Okay. And she went on to ask... Um, was, it, was he signaling the beginning of his public ministry? Of course, that's part of it. That's part of it because when Jesus comes out of the waters of baptism there, Matthew chapter 3, 13 uh, through 17, it says that uh, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And then the voice of God from heaven spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus was beginning his public ministry, no doubt, was starting that, but really what Jesus was signifying was the end of his life because baptism is a burial. The act of baptism is a burial in water and it's also a resurrection to come up out of that water. I firmly believe that what Jesus was doing, he was thinking about where he was headed, even right there uh, being baptized of John. I, I believe he was... He was signaling to the world and he was uh, reminding himself 
that as he begins this, his destiny is Jerusalem. He will be going to that cross. He will be dying for our sins. He will be buried and he will be raised to walk in newness of life on that third uh, day. Okay. So Jesus was sort of beginning with the end in mind. Yeah. And that's what we ought to do. Every day that we live, we've got to think about where do I want to end up? Where do I want to be? What's my final goal? I want to be in heaven. And I want to end this day pleasing God. All those goals need to be in our mind as we begin each day. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. And notice it there, Luke 9 and verse 51. It says there, Jesus set His face. You remember this. He set His face to go to Jerusalem. It says that a couple of times there at the end of Luke chapter 9. That just means Jesus had His mind set firmly implanted firmly firmly on the ground about where he was headed he knew exactly why he was here on earth he was headed to uh, jerusalem now you remember right there in luke 9 that uh, they're also going to run into a village of samaritans in fact jesus sent his disciples on ahead into this village of samaritans and he asked you know for a place to be able to just stay for a while But the Samaritans, when they found out that his face was headed toward Jerusalem, that that was going to be his goal, they would not allow Jesus to come in. They did not not extend hospitality to him. They refused it uh, because the Jews and the Samaritans, according to John 4, verse 9, they just didn't get along very much. They, They had a hard time getting along. But the first thing is, Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. Now, Jerusalem makes people uncomfortable still today. I'm not talking about the land of Jerusalem. I'm not talking about the physical place over there in the Mideast. I'm talking about these, the sacred ideals that had their beginning there in Jerusalem. The sacrifice of Jesus, the, the selfless nature of Jesus, the serving of Jesus, the, the gospel uh, that was taught there in Jerusalem, the salvation of sin that was taught there, the church being established there in that early day, the new system of Jesus being incorporated back in Jerusalem on, on the day of Pentecost. All those are very sacred ideals that had their beginning in Jerusalem. And, and even today, there's not a great appreciation for that. But we always hold that to be a very special time when Jesus headed uh, to Jerusalem. So first of all, Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. Now secondly, going back here to Luke 17, verse 12, notice that Jesus came to this earth in order to show compassion. In order to show the compassion of God. These ten lepers, they kept their distance from Jesus and and they yelled out, Uh, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. They kept their distance because, you know, in the old law, you read in different places like Leviticus 13, Leviticus 14, Numbers chapter 5, and a few other places that the the lepers especially were excluded from normal society until they were declared clean by the priest. They were excluded. But Jesus had a special place in his heart 
And he had a special way of reaching out to those that are normally outcast by everybody else. Jesus came to show that kind of a compassion uh, on this earth. You might remember that this is not the first time that Jesus heals lepers. You go back to Matthew 8. There's a certain leper, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 4. A certain leper came to Jesus and he said, uh, Please make me clean. And Jesus, notice this, Jesus reached out and touched the leper's man and made him clean. Made him clean. That's compassion. And that's what Jesus came to, to do, was to show those folks, show all of us, that, that when society casts us out or society looks down upon us, that's, that's not uh, an indicator that God does. Okay? God has us in his heart. Look at a couple of places with me. Matthew chapter 9, for instance. Matthew 9, that shows the compassion of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. Notice it here. It says, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds how that uh, they were distressed and scattered. Uh, He had compassion upon them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion upon them. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful indeed, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into uh, his harvest. Look again with me in Matthew chapter 15, this time around verses 29 and 30. Matthew 15 29 and 30. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him. And look at this. Bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet. And he healed them. So that the crowd wondered about this. When they saw the mute speaking and the crippled healthy, the lame walking and the blind seeing, they glorified the God of Israel. You see, Jesus came to do those kinds of things, to show compassion, the very compassion of God uh, on this earth. We need to remember that sin has brought these afflictions. Through one man, sin entered into the world, Romans 5 verse 12, and death through sin. As long as the earth remains, as long as we're on the earth, as long as man is on the earth, there will always be sicknesses and diseases. But that doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. It's just the price of sin. But God hasn't forgotten us. God still very much loves us. He loves us so much. So much. Not only did He send Jesus to die for our sins, but He'll prepare. He's preparing for us a place where there won't be any of these things. There won't be any crippled. There won't be any lame. There won't be any mute. There won't be any blindness. There won't be any disease whatsoever. No death, no crying, no pain. Revelation 21 verse 4. You see, Jesus came to this earth to show the compassion of God. I encourage you to read through these gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, And just look at the places where Jesus would reach out to those who were not appreciated in normal society, but he had a heart for them. It ought to lift us up uh, in our own hearts.
In the third place, Jesus came to this earth in order to show absolute power. He came to this earth to to show uh, divine power. The kind of power only belongs to God. Absolute power. Notice with these ten lepers, they asked Jesus to do something about their situation. You know what he said? He said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. That's power. That's, That's the kind of power that's just unheard of. As they went, notice it there in your Bible, Luke 17, verse 14, isn't it? As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And we appreciate all the wonders of Jesus, but boy, there's something about it when he just speaks and it's done. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 and 13, remember the centurion came to Jesus and he was... Uh, begging for uh, the healing of his servant. And the, the centurion had great faith. He said, Lord, just say the word and he'll be done. And that's what Jesus did. You look at it in Luke or Matthew 8, verse 13. That's what he did. He just said the word. He just pronounced it and the, the servant was healed uh, instantly. Also, if you're right there in Matthew 8, you might notice verse uh, 26, which is really remarkable. Jesus, this time, is on a boat with his disciples. And a great storm comes up. They come to Jesus and wake him up and say, Save us, Lord. Save us. We're going to perish. And then notice Matthew eight twenty six. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Look at there. Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Then he follows it up with this. Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? Jesus came to show just divine power, and oh, did he do it. Luke chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, you remember Jesus used uh, Peter's boat. Peter was a fisherman. He used Peter's boat to teach for a little while. And then after he got through teaching, he looked at Peter and said, oh, let's, let's cast your nets on out here further. Peter said, uh, Lord, uh, we fished all night and caught no fishes. But then Peter said, but at your word, I will do it anyway. And when he did, you remember, it was such a great catch, a miraculous catch, that their nets began to break. And just at Jesus' word, The miracle was done. We remember as Jesus went to Mary and Martha to comfort them because of the passing of their brother Lazarus, Jesus went to the tomb. And remember there, John 11, 43 and 44, Jesus, with his words, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the man that had died came forth with his hands and his feet bind with linen uh, cloth and his face wrapped with linen cloth. And Jesus told some others, go and unbind him and set him free. Can you imagine Lazarus coming out of that tomb still with his hands and his feet all tied up and, and even with the cloth wrapped around his face, here he comes, here he comes. Jesus said, he's alive, go unbind him. 
And there he was. You see, Jesus came to show absolute heavenly power. He, to, to, to show, not to show off, but to establish that he is indeed the Son of God. And that we need to listen to him and follow his word very, very uh, closely. When you combine his wonders with everything else, the fact that he fulfilled Old Testament prophecy, the fact that he was the best teacher who's ever walked on this earth, the fact that he lived an absolute sinless life, the fact that he was willing to suffer and to be crucified for our sins, but also to fulfill his own promise that he would be resurrected on the third day, and he was. The fact that he walked on this earth for 40 days, the fact that he ascended up on high right in the presence of others, right in the presence of his disciples, the fact that the church was established just as he said it would be on the day of Pentecost, and on and on we can go. Indeed, he is. He only is the one. He's the king of Israel. He is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. He came to show absolute of power. And then in the fourth place, Jesus came to show the importance of spiritual healing. Spiritual healing. And I want us to understand this. Spiritual healing. Oftentimes tucked away in these miracles is a pattern of obedience that needs to be observed by everybody today. Okay. So let's think about this. Look in your Bible and notice something. Look right there in Luke 17, 13 and notice the initiative that these lepers took. Look at the knowledge they already had about it. They called him Jesus, which means Savior of the world. They called him Master, which means they recognized his power. They asked him to have mercy on them and so they recognized that it would be up to the very love and pity of the Lord if they were going to be helped at all. And so look at that there in verse uh, 13. And then look at verse 14. There is a command from the Lord. You know, go show yourself to the priest. They listened to him, and as they went, then they were cleansed. Okay. Now, put, put all that in the ideal uh, context of forgiveness of sins, forgiveness of sins uh, today. How does a person end up coming to Christ? Well, much the same way. Okay? You have knowledge. You, you must first gain knowledge of who Jesus is. He's the, he's the Lord. He's the Savior. He's the Son of God. He's the Master. He's all of those things. Okay? And then as you come to know who He is, then you also learn how gracious He is, how merciful He is. And then you take that initiative you see, just like these lepers uh, do. And then notice that the command is given and, and they went and did it and then as soon as they went and obeyed, they received the cleansing that they needed. Same thing with us today when we listen to, to the Lord. You know, before Jesus left the earth, He says in Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So we can mark it down. We can be very, very sure that when we go and do what the Lord says to do with the right frame of mind, then we will come back uh, being cleansed, forgiven of our sin. It's very similar to the occasion in John 9, 6 and 7 when the, the, uh, the Jesus healed the blind man. You remember that he, he spit in the dirt. 
and he made some mud ointment and he anointed the man's eyes. He said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and washed and when he did, he came back seeing. Okay. And so when Jesus tells us to do something, when we do it, we'll always be blessed. It will never fail. Whatever he has promised, we will be blessed by it. We need to remember the importance of spiritual healing. Jesus talked a lot about this. For example, in Matthew 13, 15, as he was talking about people's hearts being hardened, he got down to the end of verse 15. Don't give up on verse 15. Don't give up on Matthew 13, 15, because Jesus goes through the hardness hearts, and they, they close their ears and they close their eyes. But to get to the end of the verse, and Jesus says, Now, if you understand with your hearts, and then turn to me, then I will heal you. That's spiritual healing. To understand with your hearts, understand God's word with your hearts, let that turn you to the Lord. He says, I'll heal you. I'll heal you. It's just that simple. Matthew 13, 15. Remember when some of the Pharisees were complaining about Jesus going in to eat with publicans. He said, in response, he said, those who are whole do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We know Jesus to be the great physician because of these words that he said. Luke chapter 5, 31 and 32. I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The ones who are sick. Why Jesus spent so much time among those who were outcasts. He knew that they needed help. He knew they needed hope. He knew that they would be willing to listen. And so he wanted to bring salvation uh, to their souls. So Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. Jesus came to this earth to show compassion. Jesus came to this earth to show absolute power. Jesus came to this earth to show the importance of spiritual healing. And then finally, uh, Jesus came to this earth to show the two choices, two choices when we are faced with the blessings of God. Two choices when we're faced with the blessings of God. One choice is found in what the one leper did, and the other choice is found in what the nine did. So what did the one do? When he saw the blessing, when he immediately saw that he had been cleansed of his leprosy, what did he do? He stopped. It stopped him in his tracks. And he turned back. He turned back. And he went back to thank the Lord. He went back, as you can see there in your Bible. In your Bible, Luke 17, what is it? Um, 15 and 16 now. Um, look in your Bible. He comes back. And he, and he praises the Lord with a loud voice. What about that, Brother Aaron? Isn't that what we need? He praises the Lord with a loud voice. Why, why do we hold back in worship? Why do we hold back? He praises the Lord. You know, we will only hold back because we don't see our blessings. The, the greater that we see our blessings, then the more we're going to want our worship to be known. He praises the Lord with a loud voice and then he comes to Jesus' feet and he falls flat on the ground at his feet. And then he just continues to thank him 
over and over and over and over. Okay. And at the end there in verse 19, Jesus will look to this one leper and say, you go your way, your faith has made you whole. So he comes to worship the Lord. He shows humility. He shows gratitude. Okay? He shows joy. He shows excitement. And he shows his faith. And that's what we will do. What we will do if we make the proper choice. Okay? But now, there is another alternative. And sad to say, this is the... This is the uh, path that most choose. Most choose not to be grateful. Like the nine. Like the nine. Most choose not to be grateful. Think about it. They also were cleansed. On their way to show themselves to the priest, they're cleansed, but they do not stop. Wonder why. Wonder why. They had sufficient faith to be healed. They, they also had yelled out and shouted out, Master Jesus, have mercy on us. And when Jesus had said, go show yourself to the priest, they also had gone. Okay. But they come up short in their love for God. They come up short. God doesn't want us to have a little faith. He wants us to have a strong faith. There's a passage back in Hosea, chapter 6, verse 4, that you'll want to circle in your Bible. Hosea, chapter 6 and verse 4. Hosea, chapter 6 and verse 4. And the Lord says, What am I going to do with Ephraim? What am I going to do with Judah? Their love, notice this, their love is like a morning cloud. Their love is like the morning dew. Well, just how long does that last? Well, you've seen it before. Sometimes you get up early in the morning and, and you just cloud cover and you think, it's not supposed to be cloudy today. But then after just a little while, there's the sun coming on through. You see, for some folks, and maybe evidently like these nine lepers, their love and their faith last about that long, just about as long as the morning cloud, just about as long as the morning dew. It's here and then it's gone. And that pretty much describes these nine lepers. Okay. Sad to say. Matthew chapter 13 and 20 and 21, Jesus is talking about the reception of um, you know, receiving His Word. He said some people receive the Word with joy, but they have no root in themselves. And so their reception of the Word is only for a little time, only endures for a little time. How dangerous. How dangerous. And so that's the two choices. Are we going to be like this one who really comes back to praise the Lord with all his heart and all his joy? He just can't contain himself. And he's ready to serve. He's given, he's actually given himself to the Lord for the rest of his life. Lord, do with me what you will. He's going to serve him from then on. But then there's the nine. Who evidently... They wanted to return, but not return back to thank God. They wanted to return to their normal, everyday lives. Okay? They wanted to go back to normal. Their leprosy now is gone. Now let me go do all the things that I've been wanting to do. I've been wishing to do. They wanted to get back to their normal life. I've seen this uh, with Christians. 
who get all concerned about the forgiveness of their sins and finally they figure out what they need to do and they go and get that, you know, as they would say it, get that taken care of. I hate that phrase. I don't know. No. No. But in their mind, they're saying, I've got to get this taken care of so I can go right back to my, what I want to really do. It does, there's no change there. There's, there's no altering there. There's, there's nothing that has changed. It's not a conversion. Not a conversion. And so Jesus came to show those two choices. Isn't it wonderful to look through and, and read the life of our Lord? And we want to make the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. We want to be sure we all understand how available that is and how wonderful it is to serve such a risen Savior. So this evening we're about to sing this song together. Let's all sing out, and if we can uh, help someone to obey uh, the Lord's gospel, or if we can have prayer, uh, strength with someone, we'd be glad to do that. Let's all stand right now. Let's all sing out, brother.